for the 19th time, I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. We are wrapping up the draft today. 30 good solid minutes with my buddy Doug. We've stripped out all the shit in the middle. All those teams that just like, yeah, it was a good draft. It was okay. It was fine. We strip all that crap out. We're talking his best draft grades. We're talking his worst draft grades. The AFC North and the NFC West figure prominently in today's podcast. So if you're a fan of the team in the AFC North or a team of the fan in the NFC West, you're going to want to stick around. Hear us out. Send me your thoughts. Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Feedback on the pod is always welcome. If you're loving it, please go write a review. Leave a rating wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out. We're trying to, we got Angry Browns, we got the Dogs of War podcast out there. They're getting Baker Mayfield on there. And you know they're not getting Baker Mayfield on there if they're not a top 10 podcast in Lebanon. I just want to get to the top 10 in Kazakhstan. That's what I'm here for. That's all, This this that's where the big podcast cloud is. Kazakhstan, you guys didn't know this. New information. Speaking of new information, let's get to our sponsors. Episode 19 of Nacho Flacco the Podcast is brought to you by New Information. If you're one of those people that can't change your mind even when you get new information, you're the fucking idiot. If you can't look at something and go, well that doesn't fit the thing I thought before, I should change my mind, you're the fucking idiot not the other person. I change my mind all the time. I'm changing my mind today from something I said on Friday. Got new information. These things happen. Run with it. Learn. Grow. Take advantage of new information. Otherwise, you're a fucking idiot. Dougie, are you there? I am here. Hey. How is it going? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. Um, so I figure we do this. Obviously, we're doing this a little differently this time. We're not in the same room this time. So um, I was thinking we just kind of dive right in. And did you do you watch every every basically every minute of the draft or as much of it as you can? I watched a lot of it this year. I definitely passed out in the seventh round. <laughs> okay. So, got a good nap in on the couch. But but overall, I watched pretty much the whole thing. Um, and is is that that's quarantine related for you or? No, I, I pretty much watch it like that every year. I do. Oh, okay. You know, I will miss some of it, but I try to watch a lot of it just because you know you never know when your team's going to make a trade into that into a round that they don't have a pick. So, but yeah, almost every pick. For sure. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh um yeah, I'm just out of my depth once certainly past about pick fifteen, I start not knowing who the fuck guys are and, and it becomes uh it's it used to be really great background stuff for me. And then I had kids and so now 
it's just fucking Paw Patrol and uh, Octonauts is my constant background music. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make for the most exciting TV, but when you know a lot of the players and you've seen them playing college, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Of course, of course. All right, so do you want to start at the top of your grades or at the bottom of your grades? Um, yeah, so I had um, I had six or seven teams that I thought had really good drafts. I gave them an A, so I guess we'll start with the good. Okay. Um, so these are the teams I gave A's. I'll start in the AFC North. I think the Bengals did really good. Obviously, with the number one pick, they would be expected to be good. But uh, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming, um, I thought their first three picks were really, really good. So they hit some key spots the rest of the draft, so they got an A, Bengals. Um, I don't know if you, if you want to dive any <laughs> into more than that, but, yeah, they did pretty good. Also, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, what, what I've learned from the Niners drafting at the top of the draft basically for the last two years and a lot of the years prior, uh, you know, since Harbaugh basically mm-hmm. is that, you know, and, and with Shanahan, right. You've got <clears throat> Shanahan washed out the entire team when he came in and, you know, so the Bengals, you know, they're in year two with their uh, new administration. So they're probably still in the process of just finding the right guy. So you'd hope that, you know, all, all of these guys should make the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, a lot of, like, I think I gave out seven A's, but there's a lot of B-pluses out there, too. This, it was a deep draft. There's a lot of talent out there, and if you hit one of your needs, uh, you got to be feeling good about your draft. So, yeah, Bengals did really good. Uh, same division, the Browns. Uh, the Browns, I mean, I'm not being biased here. I actually really, really like their draft most years. So, um, <laughs> But I think they hit on all – and it seemed like what they drafted was – a guy that was supposed to go earlier. Um, Pro Football Focus had our top three picks as top twenty-five players in their on their draft board. So getting the guy at eighty-eight that they think is a top twenty-five talent made me feel good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Who were those guys? Yeah. So Jedrick Wills Jr., the number ten overall pick, our second-round pick, Grant Delpit, who you know if, we, if he would have came earlier, he probably would have been a top fifteen pick. But this year he injuries and missed some tackles so he fell for that and uh i think that's a good thing for the browns and then jordan elliott defensive tackle from missouri was the big guy he got picked at 88 whereas pro football focus had him at 25 so so that one kind of caught me caught my eye um but yeah they they got a linebacker they got tight end some line depth a receiver in the sixth round that nobody thought would be there so devon peoples jones fast guy from michigan so really happy with how the Browns draft turned out for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Um, unfortunately, another team in the AFC North that had a good draft, which Ravens always draft well, but they, uh, they really got some talented players. In their- um, so that's why they got an A for me. Uh, linebacker from LSU, Patrick Queen, Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Um, big defensive tackle out of Texas A&M, J- uh, Justin Matabuke. I don't know how to say his name, but he was a highly thought of defensive tackle. And then uh, Malik Harrison in the third round, linebacker from Ohio State. I was watching the draft, kind of texting with my buddies, and in the third round, the Browns got Jacob Phillips, linebacker from LSU, and then the next pick was Malik Harrison from Ohio State. And all the Ohio State, you know, they love their Buckeyes. They- yep. Harrison, so that's kind of a – those are two guys I'm going to watch how their uh, careers develop. 
because uh, they were picked one after another at the same position between the Browns and the Ravens, two teams I'm going to pay attention to. So, sure. so, yeah, so I thought the AFC North had a good draft, uh, except for yeah, Steelers didn't, but those three teams, I, other teams got A's. Um, and the Steelers basically, get, you know, they gave up that first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. So, you know, you got to – you you factor that in as well into the into the Steelers draft. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I mean, they got Chase Claypool from Notre Dame at forty nine in the second round, which I thought was good value. But the rest of the guys they got, I wasn't very high on. So, so that's gotcha. Uh, but uh, but yeah, another A team in the AFC South is the Jaguars. Um, they had a ton of picks. They hit on a bunch of needs um, pretty much throughout the entire draft. They were getting guys that I've heard of all the way into round seven. So. So they got an A from me, but they, they got C.J. Henderson in the first round, Calavian Chase on in the first round, uh, got some wide receiver depth with LaVishka Chenault from wide, uh, from Colorado. If he can stay healthy, he's really good. Um, they got some good interior. Uh, Josiah Scott in the fourth round, cornerback from Michigan State. Um, fourth round, they got Shaq Quarter from Miami, Florida. So I, I thought they did really well. Um, for uh, from where they were picking and how many picks they had, but uh, but yeah, we're not going to stay on the Jaguars for too long. <laughs> right, right. Um, another team that I gave an A to was the Broncos. Um, I I know a couple people were like, why are they getting all these pass catchers? But if you're in the same division as the Chiefs, you got to score points. So, yep. First round, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Alabama, great pick. Uh, KJ Hamler in the second round, who. Henry Ruggs, he's a you know slot guy, punt return, fast guy, quick, makes people miss. So I thought that was a great pick. Uh, they also got our guy, Floyd Cushenberry the third. Um, it's the best. It's the best name in the draft yeah, by far. So he got. He was in the round three. They got the super athletic tight end um, out of Missouri. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but again, it's Albert Akuwagumbunum. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that they. Uh, they hit on a lot of their picks as well. So the Broncos had a good draft and they can give that young quarterback some weapons around them. See if, see if they can hang with the, hang with the chiefs, put up 30, 40 points yeah. a game. That's what you're going to have to anybody do. from the, anybody from the NFC. Yeah. I can't, I'm going to just kind of read through my pages. I did AFC first, but in the NFC, gotcha. Um, I actually this draft at first, you know, they, they kind of hit that first pick CD lamb. We were like, you don't really need a wide receiver. I don't know why you're getting this guy, but they did hit all their needs in the later rounds. Very good value getting Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama. Um, in like the third round too. Yeah, right? they got him in the second round. In the third round, they got the second round. Yeah, and the, yeah, they got the center. Yeah, in the third round, they got defensive tackle Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, who I didn't think would. I thought he was a second round value, um, but they got the Wisconsin center in the fourth round, Tyler Betes which I thought was a good pick. And then a pass rusher that kind of fell in the draft, Bradley Ane from Utah. So and I've never heard of. Um, so, But it, I'm not counting him. Is those first five or six picks that got them Ane. So, sure. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think we, we, we kind of had – I think we agreed that C.D. Lamb was the certainly the best player available for the, for the Cowboys. But given that they'd lost the center and they'd lost – the cornerback and they'd lost some pass rushers. Like it felt weird that they would have gone best player available because, you know, they were based on, you know, on just on point differential, they should have been a 10 win team last year. Like they underperformed. And so you, you solved some of that with, with getting a better coach and, 
Um, but they got worse talent-wise. And then, you know, and, and then to, use, to, to pick C.D. Lamb at a position that you already have one pro bowler and another 1,000-yard receiver didn't make sense. But then they filled in everything with guys that even I'd been seeing in, you know, I, I'm seeing Trayvon Diggs mock to the Niners at the end of the second round. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they, they filled their needs. Like, at first you're like, oh, old senile Jerry Jones is just going to pick whatever name he knows. But they, yeah. uh, but they really hit their needs the rest of the draft after taking C.D. Lamb in the first round, and that's why I gave them a name. Yeah, and and you know it, uh, it it just seeing the positions that they were able to fill and some of the names that I that I recognized was it was like shit. Okay, yeah, you know the CD that it it could have very easily gone the other way where you know it's kind of like you know like the Patriots they they're going into this season with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer and even said that you know them missing out on all the quarterbacks wasn't by design. They just missed out on quarterbacks. Like things don't always go the way that you're hoping or planning or or th- that they will. And for the Cowboys, it feels like it, they kind of did. They got probably the guy that was as close to the top of their draft board as anybody in C.D. Lamb, and then filled in every other position they needed. Yeah, it's funny. Are, are the are the Patriots? Are they tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year? Is that what's going on here? Not getting the wide, not getting the quarterback in this draft. But uh, I don't think Belichick's built like that. But but I can see them you know, having an average season and trading it. Have to get them. Yeah, I, it's like I don't see, um, you know, I don't see that being. I, Belichick doesn't seem like a guy who just kind of rolls over and and goes, oh, okay, well, not this year. I think that would that would so completely undermine like the ethos of that one game at a time thing that you know he's instilled in that organization. That you know I. Could he be tanking? You know, maybe, but like it doesn't. He's got to see something in Stidham. Um, you know, if you if for, and this is maybe a, a topic for a different pod, but he's got to see something in Stidham just because there's he drafted him and right? they, they cut and Boyer n- last year to keep Stidham as the backup. Yeah, and on top of that, like. He knew he was going to be the. He knew with Stidham that Stidham was going to be the guy that could take over for Brady in the playoffs. Or, you know, it's like it's not like Stidham was buried on the depth chart. He was the number two, and um, so Belichick's got to like him. Yeah. So we'll see. We shall. We shall. Um, yeah. yeah. And the last team I gave an A to was the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they had 15 picks, so they had a lot of picks. A lot of guys drafted. Um, but it was a lot of a lot of familiar names. Justin Jefferson falling to twenty two was a bit of a surprise. Um, but they had two first round picks: Justin Jefferson, cornerback Jeff Gladney from TCU. Um, they had uh, Ezra Cleveland, who I thought was a late first round pick, fell to them in the second round. Um, they got some cornerback depth uh, depth with Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dancer, cornerback from Mississippi State. Um, and then they got a guy that I kind of wanted for the Browns in the fourth round, Troy Dye, linebacker from Oregon. Um, so I thought they had a really good draft as well, um, the Vikings. So there's there's five or six teams that got A's, and there's another few, you know, another good amount of teams that got B, B-pluses for me. Um, but those were the top teams um, that I noticed. Okay, so I got to ask, um, what grade did you give the Niners? Yeah, so the Niners got a B-plus. Um, had, I thought they got one of the best fits of the draft in Javon Kinlaw in the first round. 
Um, they hit, they kind of hit their needs, Brandon Ayuk and Kinlaw in the first round. They didn't have anything until the fifth round after that. Full depth on McKivitz from West Virginia's to uh, work with big Trent Williams. Uh, that was a great pickup for them. Um, I know the Trent Williams, but when we got our guy at 10, you know, it wasn't really an option for us anymore. But for the Niners to get a talent like that with not very many draft picks, I thought that was great. So you could argue if, you, if you're including Trent Williams in there that they could have had an A for their, for their draft weekend. Um, I am yeah. arguing that. Hey, let's, hey I'm easy, <laughs> man. Let's do it. Hey, so they got a really the, good tight end um, from Georgia. Charlie Warner in the sixth round. I didn't even know he was – I kind of thought he was still in school, but he was a pretty solid receiver. didn't get as many catches as he could have with that run-first offense, but good value there. And then a big wide receiver target in the seventh round, Juwan Jennings from Tennessee. So, so yeah, B-plus, A, I mean, they're right there. They uh, they only had five picks, so I think that's probably why I gave them a B-plus instead of an A. They didn't get a whole lot, but they didn't need a whole lot. So here's here's so the last two teams you've mentioned, uh, the Niners and the Vikings, right? I mean, these two teams played each other in the playoffs this year, and one team had 15 draft picks and the other team had five. Yes, and you know, ostensibly, neither of these teams should probably be keeping anyone from their draft that they drafted later than the fifth round. You know, it's like a sixth and seventh round draft pick shouldn't be making a playoff team unless, you know, you, you get the exceptions, right. right? Undrafted guys typically don't make playoff teams unless, you know, it's the Patriots or something, yeah. right? Um, so I, th- I thought it was really weird that the Vikings would have kept all those and actually made those selections. Yes. And not been bundling and moving up and moving up and moving up because – you know, it's like you've got you've got an older quarter. He's not old, but you've got an older quarterback. Yeah. Um, you've got a playoff ready team. You know, it's like if you've got fifteen picks, either dump them for next year picks, and and I, you know, they might not even have a college football season next year, so next year's draft is going to be a complete crapshoot. Yeah. So maybe that was part of their like, okay, well, you know, we don't need next year's picks, but. It didn't feel like they were, you know, and then you take the Niners, right, who didn't make a single selection from any of their original picks. Every one of their original picks got traded at yeah. some point. And, and from this draft, you know, because if you're going to include a, a – yes, I would include Trent Williams, right, because they traded a, a fifth this year and a third next mm-hmm. year for him. But, you know, uh, D Ford was uh, a product of trading this year's second-round pick. So it's like you've got D Ford, Trent, uh, Trent Williams, you know, two first rounders and Kinlaw and Ayuk to um, to replace uh, the uh, Emmanuel Sanders and and DeForest Buckner, and then you got some, and then uh, the guy in the seventh round, I'm like stoked on. Everybody's talking about him like he's like he's like Anquan Bolden. He's uh, you know most broken tackles or most missed tackles in. Uh, in uh, in the NCAA last year, like like thirty broken tackles or something. The guy's just like he's six three and two twenty, and it's just kind of a an angry motherfucker that got suspended for stepping on a guy's <laughs> face. Like yeah. I love that. Yeah, shit. no, I mean Tennessee had two really good wide receivers, and one got drafted in the seventh round. The other, Marquez Callaway, didn't get drafted. That really surprised me. Um, that just kind of speaks to the wide receiver depth in this draft. But you know, when you don't have a good quarterback, you know you're tend to pay for it in these drafts and i think uh, the tennessee wide receivers were a victim of that 
uh, the Michigan receiver Notre Dame or Michigan receiver the Browns got. Um, just really didn't give a chance to prove who he was because uh, of bad quarterback play. So, but yeah, I, I feel you. I mean, Vikings. Uh, just to kind of go back to what you were saying about them with 15 picks. Six of those picks were in the round six and round seven. So it's like, yeah, gonna make team or are these practice squad guys or are they just gonna be cut? And who knows. Yeah, would, would, I mean, they expanded the expanded the practice squad for next year, but like by two yeah. spots. Like it's not. You know, it's not like you've got an entire JV team. Um, you know, it's like what now the they've got some they had some cap issues coming into the season. So maybe this is a, you know, create some competition. Hopefully you find some gems, you know, you know, just kind of rolling the dice on a bunch of these guys to try and get their way out of some of these salary cap problems that that I feel like they were in coming into this. Obviously Kirk Cousins makes a ton of money, but um, you know, they had to let some good players go this off season for, for salary cap issues. And uh, you know, maybe, maybe the 15 picks is, is a way for them to kind of retool, you know, not rebuild, but retool um, a, uh, a team that was a, a yeah. wild card team. But they year. did. Uh, yeah. In the first four rounds, they definitely, they got some talent, uh, especially on defense. So, so, yeah, but who knows in that second half of the round, those are just roster spots that probably aren't going to be there. Uh, and uh, one one other weird note, the Panthers, I don't know if they got a failing grade from you, but the Panthers' first team ever to use every single one of their picks on defense. First team since crazy. the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and we know how good. Browns well, I mean, the Browns in the, in the 80s, 80s were legit. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're yeah. In, they were legit. So so yeah, those are so. so those are some of the teams I thought did really well. Again, there's we could talk about the got B pluses, Niners. We talked about. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I said, when when it's a deep draft, you you know it's easy to look good, uh, especially on paper. Um, but we'll see how this all all pans out. But there's uh yeah there's the other so, end of the spectrum here if you want to get into some of the uh, teams that didn't do so hot. Um. Yeah, the, the the two names I was happy to see on the bottom of other people's shitty draft list were the Rams and the Seahawks. Did you have them? Um, yeah. At so the bottom for the NFC South, I kind of graded everybody for the. So obviously we got the Niners that did very well. One of the teams I was going to talk about that didn't do too hot was the Seahawks. Um, I gave them a D plus for the grade for their draft picks. Um, Jordan Brooks, their first round pick was a reach. Uh, I like their second round pick, Daryl Taylor, uh, defense fan from Tennessee. Um, but I think their best pick was an offensive guard in the third round. So that's probably not the combination you want to hear. It's like, oh, I got that guard <laughs> in the third round. Um, but yeah, just a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of reaches here. Um, and then they went out and then they went out and cut two offensive linemen yeah. today. There's out and out cut, cut, cut Fluker, um, and the Justin huh, Bridge. Well, the the guard, the third round, Damian Lewis from LSU. He'll start. He's he's a good he's a good player. So I guess they feel good about him. So they cut Fluker. I guess I don't know, but yeah, I just I just thought their picks were a yeah. little strange. Um, I had I had the Rams a little higher than the Seahawks though. I gave them a C. Um, they didn't have a first round pick, so I think they got good value in the second round when they got that running back Cam Akers, who I mistakenly said was like six two. Um, uh, but he, either way, he runs. <laughs> he's a powerful running back, so I thought that was a good pick. And then they got a good speed yeah. option at wide receiver Van Jefferson, who I believe's father is like a wide receivers coach. So 
you know, when you can get a coach's son, that helps. Um, Terrell Lewis, yep. from Alabama in the third round, I projected him to go late first, early second. So they did get some decent players, but after that, I don't know too many of these guys other than the safety from Ohio State in the sixth round, which, uh, you know, in sixth, seventh rounds, you're just kind of taking. So, but yeah, I didn't, yep. you know, didn't love their drafts. Um, if you want to cover all the teams in the NFC West, I think the Cardinals did a pretty good job. Uh, certainly better than the Rams and Seahawks. They got Isaiah Simmons and Josh Jones in the third round. Again, an offensive tackle from Houston, who I thought would be, you know, late first, early second. So there's a little bit of value there for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say Seahawks so we, are one of the worst we, drafts on my board. Who who was the? Um, it was pretty much done on the first day. Packers. Um, I gave them an F. I, I don't understand why they got Jordan Love yeah. as their first round pick when you're a, you know, a, a playoff contender, you know, that can be one or two, you know, players potentially away from getting to the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, they got. And then come and then and then come back and get a running back when you've already got Jamal. Yeah, Williams A.J. Dillon, Jones. they got that big. That is the big pounding running back that I from Boston College. Uh, but. Again, yeah, it's not a neat position. So why is that your second-round pick when yeah. we're as deep as we are in wide receivers? Um, and then they reached, you know, round three, they reached for a tight end from Cincinnati when there was like five or six guys that were better. Fifth-round pick, I thought they reached for a linebacker when there's good guys available. So, yeah, I didn't really like too much about the Packers draft. I would say I had them the lowest rated out of these teams. The, the second lowest rated I think I had was the Falcons. Um, reached for a cornerback in the first round. Got round. didn't have a lot of picks, but just nobody that really stuck out to me. One of their picks was a punter, um, so I had them as a plus as well. Um, and yeah, I think another team. So so it's just like let's yeah. let's look at this right because the Vi- the Vikings good draft, but yeah. fifteen picks so. How much of that is is wasted? We won't know yet, and we won't know for months. Uh, the Packers, another playoff team, they were the number two seed. Terrible draft, and and also may have pissed off yep. their franchise quarterback. Um, Seahawks playoff team looks like it looks like a, you know a, a pan a widely panned draft at least. Uh, um, multiple. Uh, things I've read and then you were saying this is one of the more three or four worst drafts of anybody. Um, and then the, uh, the Eagles picked up. I know, the, I know the, the, the Eagles seemed like they had a really nice day. They, they like between like adding, they added some weapons um, and filled some holes and added a lot. Yeah. Of they, uh, especially when, especially when they got Marquis. Yeah. As well. and they, they picked Jalen Hurts quarterback from Oklahoma in the second round, which again was kind of a head scratcher. Um, you got Carson Wentz, but I guess, you know, Carson Wentz has an injury history. So maybe they, they want someone proven, you know, some depth behind them just to be safe. Also, I could see them, you, you know, using him and more than a, as more than a quarterback, kind of how uh, the saints use Tyson Hill, who just got that contract extension. So maybe they're going to, he'll be a Jack of all trades on offense. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, not too bad. I gave them a B. So, yeah. And I thought, I, I thought it matched up with what they needed, exactly. right? I mean, they needed weapons and, and 
Yeah. That's what they went and got. Yeah, so and then who else? The the Titans I didn't think had a I don't I I gave them a C minus. I didn't really like any of the guys they got. Um they picked a right tackle at the end of the first round that I feel like they could have got later, but he's a big man, Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh they got that Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU in the second round at sixty one, who I thought was late first, early second, so that's good value there, but I don't know any of these other guys they got. They drafted a which I don't think has ever panned out, um, but might be a depth signing yeah. unit, you know. So, yeah, camp, exactly. camp arm. So, but those were the teams uh, that I didn't love. Those were kind of some of the lowest grades, you know, C minus or lower. Else was B plus to C plus, pretty much, except for the teams I talked about that I gave the A's to. So, so yeah, I think a lot of teams helped themselves. Um, I was listening to the, you know, listening to the guys talking the draft, and they were saying, you know, you guys go in the second round that you probably could have gone in the first round this year. They said it was more like twenty twenty five guys in the second round that were have first round first round value. So I was like, that kind of caught my eye, caught my ear. So a lot of good players. We'll see. I think, and 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 I think that just comes from being the draft being so top heavy at. Really, the only key position that it didn't feel like it was top heavy at was was pass rusher. Like everything else, like again, tackle, cornerback, um, to quarterback. It was like there was a lot of those guys taken in the first round. Anytime those, anytime those, you know, specific those three positions, then you tack on maybe the best wide receiver class that we've seen in, yeah, you know, thirty at least top two in the last ten years. Drafted. Like there's. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's bananas. Twenty uh twenty two offensive tackles, um, thirty one linebackers, but that includes inside and out. Um, twenty five cornerbacks, twenty five safeties. So you kinda look at it and you you see league trends. It's a passing league now, so you see cornerbacks and safeties and receivers yep. and tight ends going. Tackles to protect protect the quarterback so he can get his throws off. So uh but yeah, yeah, it was um it was a good draft. Went smoothly um, for you know for it being a virtual draft or whatever you want to call it. Um, Have you looked at a mock yes. draft for twenty twenty one yet? Yep, yep, I sure <laughs> have. Uh, the talk is about Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, and the Ohio State quarterback um, Justin Fields. Uh, they're talking about him at the top. There's two really good wide receivers. One from Clemson, Justin Ross, who's been for the last two years, even as a freshman, he was killing it. And uh, the other wide receiver is uh, drawing a blank. But there's another top-rated wide receiver next year that people are excited about. Oh, yeah, Jamar Chase from LSU. So he was the guy that was kind of a go-to guy that's still there. A lot of LSU had 14 players drafted, I think. So that's, yeah. that's pretty insane. No, no wonder they, no yeah. wonder they won the championship. Well, hey, hey man, let's. Uh, um, we we've run short here on time, but appreciate you Always. jumping in here with me and doing this, get, getting me up to speed on the draft like you do every year, but now doing it in front of a, a not so not not exactly a studio audience, but um, anyways, it was. It was 
dude, it was uh, it was good getting to spend this the, the couple days with you man. And I love talking, talking about this shit. I'll, and, anybody uh, who will listen, I'll talk. <laughs> and when uh, when we do the big uh, Browns dysfunction podcast, I'll get you and angry Browns fans on, and we'll uh, we'll we'll all sit back and listen to you guys uh, uh, t- teach me about more of the yeah, Browns watch the 30, history and dysfunction. Cleveland replay after the draft too, so that like I was like, oh okay, so all that stuff still did happen. Um, but yeah, there we all go. Right, thanks a lot, buddy. All right, man. Well, thanks. Yep. Later. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.